Where are we? We are in Fresh Meadows, Queens. No, but where are we? We are in New York City. No, we're at the Wasteland. Oh, we're at Wasteland. <laughs> Johnny Waste, what's up? Wasteland headquarters. That's that's where we're at. That's what I meant to say. Yes, Johnny Waste. Urban Waste, major conflict. Thank Coming you. off the heels of uh, the return of Jimmy G last night, huh? Yeah, man. That's awesome. His uh, annual Halloween party. I'm glad. Uh, there was a lot of uh, pent up uh, uh, adrenaline, uh, stress. Um, I'm sure that they had to get out last night. Nate. I'm, I'm I'm glad he's back, especially for this because it's like a tradition at this point. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, man. So I'm glad Jimmy G is uh, back on the up. Yeah, he's he's feeling good about it too. You know, he was like uh, so and, happy to be there. And he, I after see everything he went through. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, your computer and there's he was dressed up. As a dick last night. A broken penis he that, was. That's awesome. And they, uh... What was the, what was the rest of the band? Just like doctors? They were all doctors and he was the broken penis. <laughs> it's, it's just... Oh, man. And they gotta fucking with, love Jimmy And they King. opened up with Panty Raid, so... Of course. Um, yeah. That's great, man. So how was the show? It was good? It was packed out? Where was it? Where was it? It was, um... At the Kingsland. The bride. Greenpoint. I haven't been there since they reopened it as the Kingsland. That was there when it was the place bar, but they right. didn't even have the, the stage there or anything like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I haven't been there, but I heard that they do a good job in there. They have a super sound system. They have a stage built now. Yeah, that's what I heard. I haven't been there yet. That's cool, though. They okay. still have the pizza joint in the front? Yeah. Brick oven pizza. It's good pizza. It is. It's really good pizza. It's very good pizza. <laughs> I had it last time I was there. Not last night. No? No. I had it last time. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen a couple of shows there, but not with a stage. Yeah, we played there without the stage, too. Glad yeah. they have it. Yeah, man. And they did some acoustic work in there, too, because the, the sound was bouncing all over the place. Yeah. They, they tightened it up. Yeah, well, it was just a fucking open, fucking barren room with mm-hmm. that one pillar yeah. in the middle of the, in the fucking room. Oh, it always and gets now they the get way. a sound system that, you know, is like for a major studio. It's like, why would they need all these sound boards and equipment? It's like, it's in this little room. Yeah, but sure. hey, if it works, I, I've, heard, I've heard nothing but good shit about them, so... That's cool. From one end of the spectrum to the other. It's a good place to play. Yeah. And it's not that hard to get to. It's an industrial area, so parking's no problem. Right. Yeah, it's on the corner. It's in Greenpoint. If you're scared to go out to the Kingsland, just go. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Great show. scared of. Yeah, what are you scared of? Type security, though. Those dudes are big. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but they let you go nuts, right? They let people fucking do their thing. That's cool, man. So how you been? I've been busy. I've been, you know... Been family guy. Yeah, same here. Same here, man. Raising my uh, 11-year-old boy. Yeah. And my... With my beautiful wife, Janet. And, you know... 
living the life. This is another end of the spectrum that I, I never knew back when I was a teenager or never expected to get to. Oh, me neither, man. Yeah, so like, I, I joke around about it when I'm a family. I say I'm a family guy because I wasn't raised to be a family guy. Me neither. <laughs> me neither. But yeah, we were talking before I press record about things we've done, and I would never think. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I say it often to, I don't know, people I talk to just in general. It's like, if you would have told me you know, 11 years ago, 10 years ago, that I would have been married, divorced, and have a nine-year-old little girl. Mm. If you would have told me that 10 years ago, yeah, I would have thought you were fucking high. The worst part couldn't have been a a fun trip. No, but you you know what? It could have been brutal. Sure. But what happened was me and my ex-wife, we decided... Let's be adults. We have a child together. Whatever happened between me and my ex happened. Mm-hmm. Whatever. But that's in the past. Not teenagers. I don't hold grudges. Neither does she. It's like, good. all right, you cool. Like it's a civil thing going on there. Right. It's civil. It's civil. <laughs> and, and it has to be. It has to be that way. If you really give a shit about your child, it's like... She's my daughter is my everything. So it's like and the same with her. Mm-hmm. So you have to be a fucking adult. You know I mean she could have potentially raked me over the fucking coals in court and shit. But you know what? The the judge he told us there was the date before our potential trial date. He was like, "Listen, the both of you." He's like I'm going to be straight up honest. Like, not even as a judge, as a person that knows the law. If the both of you come up with an agreement, no matter what that agreement is, this court will honor it. If you don't, on, I think it was like April 19th or something like that, that next date, we're going to trial. And I don't know who it's going to be, but one of you is not going to be happy. So I'm like, fuck, man. <laughs> and I'm sure she thought the same thing. Like, oh, shit. So what happened? We need to come up with a fucking, you know, we need to, you know, come up with some sort of an agreement here. So it had to go through lawyers and shit. So I emailed I emailed my lawyer and, you know, he sent it to hers and this, that, and the other thing. And I put out like 10 things or 12 things. Mm-hmm. And every single thing I threw out there was agreed upon. When we went to court, we, we had to talk a little bit about child support, a little bit, but it didn't even really fluctuate very much. But then, like the, the, the day that we got to court, the judge was like, all right, you, Mr. Ferrari, do you, uh, did anybody basically put a gun to your head, you know, <laughs> like to, to, to write out this whole, you know, thing? And I'm like, no, they asked her the same thing. Okay, well, we didn't even really look at this, but since we, I, bo- I believe the both of you that you both agreed to this, bang, you are now divorced. That's it. Yeah. Done. Yeah. And it's been cool. Like, I don't speak to her, like, on a level of anything, like, ever. You know what I mean? Right. It's just, it's cool. Is that the mother of your child? Yeah. Okay. There's no animosity. It's like, all right, next chapter, next. It's like, yeah. why... Whatever happened, you know, four or five years ago, it's whatever. Who cares about that? It's it's now. You got the good end of the spectrum on that because I have a 19 year old. Yes. And at one and a half years old, his mother decided she didn't want to be with me anymore. 
So I came home from work. The house was, you know, pretty much empty and stuff was gone. And uh, it was uncivil for a while. <laughs> Let's just say that. Bro, Orders we want... protection. Same here. Um, I had an order of protection against me. A lot of disagreeing. We went through the common ground thing. The lawyer, the judge said, if you can work it out, we'll, we'll agree to it. And um, it didn't work out. <laughs> right. But uh, we today we get along. Uh, we don't really talk much. Uh, I have a good relationship with my son. Yeah. You know, I don't want to get too much into that because that was... Uh, that was uh, you don't have to. Like I said, I wasn't raised to be a family man. And right. It's like that in itself is a struggle to like get right. Yeah, of course. You know? But the one thing I my mindset is like you know take care of myself. I can take care of my family. That's it. You know. So that's, that's it, that's man. That's my motto, pretty much. You know. That's I, why I try to. I, I can't take care of myself, then I shouldn't be taking care of anyone else. And luckily, that that's it. I haven't uh, till this day. Uh, you know, really made anyone's life. Horrible, right? Right. <laughs> Maybe a little inconvenient yeah, sometimes. I've inconvenienced a lot of people. Well, we sure. all do, man. We're I all talking last night about punks, and uh, you know, I was I was punked. I punked, of course, and it made me a punk, right? You know, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Listen, but, I agree. And the, making me a punk made me realize that no, this shit isn't right, right? You know, so I, I, you know, I, if I, if I, you know, if I, if I feel I'm getting punked, I, you know. I'll, Stick up for myself well, of now, course. you know. Sure, I make sure I like respect other people, you know, yep. and their, you know, their their thoughts and beliefs and their space and yeah. all that shit. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, I'm a live and let live kind of guy, dude. And, I've grown into that myself. It's like, dude, in like my friggin' teens and my twenties, I was reckless. I didn't care. Fuck you, blah blah. blah. Hey, I'm right. That's because like, because <laughs> you think you have it all figured out, and you don't have it figured out, you know. But at the, I'm 43. At this point, man, it's like, I say that I just don't give a fuck, but people misconstrue that as, like, I really honestly, like, I don't care, but I do care, but I don't care enough to let other people's opinions or whatever affect my daily life. You know what I mean? Like, like, dude, I don't care what you believe in, who you pray to, who you voted for. I don't care. It's not really my business. At the end of the day... Why am I so concerned with what you're believing? It's 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 it doesn't count. I'm not built that way. Right. It's like if you're, I don't care if you fuck. I don't care who you believe in or what you do. As long as you're not a dick to me, yeah, or my friends or my fucking child, and it doesn't affect my direct deposit. You know, have at it, man. Right. Live your life. Mm-hmm. Live your life. Yeah. Be happy. Do it. Is this make you happy? Yeah. Beautiful. Do I agree with it? No, but not my business. Right. Do your thing. You know, I don't try to find. Eh, whatever. You know, it's just. A lot of people aren't on that live and let live anymore. I mean, because there's so <sighs> much, um, let's say, disrespect, neglect. Big time. Yeah. You know, and bad parenting. Like, uh, I, like, if someone like me, I didn't, you know, if I, if I turned it around, I could be... Vicious, you know. Of course, me too. Put trauma into my family's life, and you know, that's how our future society is built, right? On parenting, right? Yeah, (laughs) pretty much, you know. And uh, but why would I even want to do that? It's just like hardcore punk stuff here, but right, (laughs) it's true. (laughs) Yeah, let's 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 go to that. 
What's up with you and this and this whole fucking music thing? <laughs> I used to have a little AM FM Mets figure radio in, in the early seventies. Well, we're in Queens, so of course you're a default a Mets fan. Sorry. It was a it was a present. I don't know. Uh, I wasn't whatever. into any team at that time. I was only like six or seven. So uh, congratulations and, uh, to the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. I'm sure you love that. And uh, like I said, you know, I was pretty much on my own as a child because you know my parents didn't realize they had such a sensitive, needy child that needed right. all this attention. <laughs> right. So they were doing their own thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was listen. taking care of myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for, for the most part, well, yeah. On my little radio, I'd listen to, I'd find Billy Joel, and I'd find Blondie, and I'd find Cheap Trick. Okay. And I was like, wow, this is good stuff. And I was like looking for it, and then I'd like... Sure. I'd be listening to talk shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like... like um Late night talk shows on New York City radio stations. They were great, man. Oh, yeah. And uh, I once called into one of them late night talk shows, and they were like, they couldn't believe this kid was staying up this late. Like, uh-huh. on a talk show, just talking. They're like, what, why what? did you call in? I was like, no, I just wanted to say hi. Yeah, what's, what's up? up? to the world. Yeah, you know, that's awesome. The Mark Simone show. I don't know if anyone, you know. I don't know. Nah, I never it was pretty that. big back in the day, but. What year are we talking? Maybe like, uh. 79. Okay. 79. So I was, I was like 12. <laughs> I was four. <laughs> I was four. Yeah, I was okay. four. I was born September of 75, and so. So, um, my mom, like, you know, she was, she had a hard time because my father died when I was six. Um, and, uh, he died of alcoholism, killed his, he killed his liver. And so my mom, uh, she moved around, she moved me around a lot as a kid, so. Um, she came on hard times. We ended up in uh, New York City housing the projects. Yeah. And uh, I was uh, introduced to that neighborhood. Uh, kids were throwing these little uh, peas at me that fall off the trees. Yeah. That was my introduction to the projects. Really? Yeah. Where was this? What projects? Ravenswood Projects. Where is that? Um, it's in Long Island City. It's okay. Right, like, uh, story is neighbor there. Gotcha. It's See, I know story, Queens, yeah. but I don't know Queens that well. I'm a Brooklyn guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, Brooklyn, Manhattan. But as far as Queens, I know a couple of neighborhoods, but it's confusing around here. 70s, there's a second road, Avenue, Lane, fucking all this and that. Yeah. So I became secluded right away when I moved in there. I was like, they don't like me. Right. <laughs> so um, I think it was like end of winter or something and then it started getting nice out and I started going out and that's when I started making my friends in the neighborhood right you know and I I was interested in music so I I looked for whoever like I wanted to hang out with that might be listening to music something I like and I found my friend John Dancy you know we became uh, uh, best friends right away we hit it off with the music and you know I found that he was going to Kiss concerts his mother would take him to Kiss concerts right um, when we started hanging out um, he knew about the Ramones, and he says, "Hey, let's get tickets to go see the Ramones. They're playing at Brooklyn College. Wow. This is 1980. So uh, somehow I got the money. Probably begged mom, or maybe um, I was uh, I wasn't working. I did try to find jobs as a kid. Yeah, you know, that was one of the things I was like I said, I was taking care of myself. So I even made my own money yeah. whatever I could. Yeah, and um, I did the same we got thing the tickets. We went to the we went to it, and it was like." Best night of my life because it was my first concert ever. That was your first show ever. Yeah, my first. It was concert. the Ramones. It was the Ramones. Wow, Brooklyn College, and wow. I still have the the flyer. The flyer. Yeah, the wow. little. It was a program, like you know, like a playbill. Type yes, of it was a college program. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, it was great, and I met some people there, 
and they were punks, you know, they were like, hey, you like this, you should come come down to the Lower East Side and uh, check some of these bands out. Oof, okay, now we're talking 1980, so... 1980. Yeah, so sketchy area, okay. I was like, and you know, Dancy was like telling us, like, some people said we should go hang out downtown. Mm -hmm. He's like, all right, let's do it. And we went down and um, we walked into a Brad Brain show. No shit. Where, A7? I don't remember, it could have been Gildersleeves, it could have been one of them... Many places that closed down. Yeah. (laughs) That's not there anymore. Yeah. Um, I remember it was kind of upstairs and... It was way in the back. It wasn't CB's, but... Uh, if it was upstairs, it wasn't the A7. No. I don't know what club it was. Probably yeah. Great, Great Gildersleeves, maybe. Okay. And uh, I, I couldn't believe when I walked in, there's like... You know, I heard the music was all the way in the back, but what I saw was bodies flying. Awesome. <laughs> I saw the stage diving, and I saw the everyone having a great time. And I was, you know, I was hooked. We went in. So you walked through a Bad Brain show in, like, 1980. So that's like... I was like, what is this? Dun, 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 dun. Oh, sick. <laughs> so awesome. But you know, they were... Because it wasn't Ramones, and it was, like, twice the speed. Yeah. And it was like some more precision. It was yeah. like locked in. I was like, wow. <laughs> Fucking bad brains, man. In the 80s. And it was four brothers hot. doing it. <laughs> like, Sick, like, right? It's, that's <laughs> nuts. Like, yeah, that's just, a, that. that's a whole different level of crazy. So, you know, I made some friends, hung out, you know, had a great time. And like I said, I, I found pretty much a new place to go explore. Yeah. And so then we used to, uh, we made some friends, and then we found Avenue A and 7th Street. Right. And uh, another show, the first show I saw after that was uh, Reagan Youth and Undead, I think, played, and Heart Attack. Okay. And I walked in, and Reagan Youth was playing. It was the time they had Andy okay. um, playing bass for them. And I just couldn't believe that the energy that was coming out of these guys. And it was like... This is where I want to be. Yeah, like, man, that's yeah. crazy. That's funny because you know, with the music hitting you in the face and and the 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 rage coming out of the the, the people that were doing it. You, yeah, you know, it was really it worked. Yeah, you know, it's like it's funny because I could say it now because people have already listened to it. But I just last week, well, not even last week, a few days ago, I just did an episode with John Watson. Mm. I saw him last night. Him and his son. It's so cool, right? <laughs> Amazing. It's, right? It's <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, a couple of people knew, like like Drew Stone knew it. I was going to do it with him. Oh, he's, he's, he's back in the neighborhood. I was like, yeah, he's actually in Brooklyn. And he met me right at a coffee shop, like mm-hmm. right by my head. My, he's like in my neighborhood. So, um, yeah, but he, so he's back in New York. Yeah. So he was, he was just told, he, we were talking about great Gildersleeves and how he, he started work. He worked at Max's Kansas City. Maybe Max's. See? Could have been. It was one of those. He I was, I was, was I'm one show I went to. Right, he probably let you know. <laughs> yeah. But I was too young. Like, I don't, I, I was never in great Gildersleeves. I was never in the A7. Max's Kansas City, never. CB's, yeah. But all the other ones, no. I get accused of forgetting a lot of shit, too, in my past. Like, well, listen. Not everybody. But I, for me, <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know how. But I remember fucking everything. I don't know how. After all the booze and the drugs and this and then that, I have no idea how I remember shit. I might have blocked it out because of some of the abuse I wanted to block out. Yeah, know, maybe. Like that just took that whole life part of my life away. <laughs> yeah, but that's a crazy time, man. Like I, I mean, obviously it sounds cheesy, but like I wish I could. If I was a little bit older, I would have loved to have been able to been there for you know. A7 shows in that tiny little fucking little area where John Watson basically 
created and invented the circle pit. Yeah. Which is nuts. I think I was uh, reading something is like, you know, everyone at that, at you know, that came out around that time had pretty much fucked up lives, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah, so that's why we're all, we're all together and we're going to write this crazy fucking music. Yeah. Even though we can't play these instruments. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Who was saying it? Was it was it Roger? If you could play an instrument, that was a bonus, yo. Yeah. <laughs> Who's it? I think I heard, was it Roger? Roger Agnostic Front? He was, he was saying, uh, I think it was him, something about using pizza boxes for fucking drum skins on a kick drum. I heard that somewhere. Oh, uh... Maybe. No, uh, it was a trash can top we used for a cymbal. Uh, even better. Yep. That's and, heavy. And the snare drum and... No, just his foot on the floor. Yeah. Just, yeah. Could just be. his foot on the floor. Crazy. Somebody might have used a pizza box. It wasn't... Yeah. Uh, it wasn't... Yeah, right. put a, put a we had the garbage can cymbals, though. Sick. And I played out of a stereo receiver. Dude. I didn't have an amp. I had, like, you know, a little uh, AM, FM with the auxiliary. So yeah. I plugged in the auxiliary. <laughs> Bro. And, you and see I that? wrote Reject and Mutiny and No Hope on that little stereo receiver with this, like, drinky-dink little electric guitar. That Isn't like, that crazy? It's like, now it's like, oh, I have this program, and I have this, and it's a little click of a button. And, like, the like the shit <laughs> that, 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 that you guys created back then. Right. Like, that was, like, some ingenuity, man. Like, you had to, like, MacGyver shit together to create stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Fucking nuts. Like, I wish I would have been able to, you know, a fly on the wall. I know this catches, probably catches audio a little bit. This is, this is yeah. Kenny. Take One second. Hey, John. Take All right. Love you, Kenny. Look what he's right here. Broken pick, like two this. strings, right? Pick. Yeah. He's writing a song for Urban Ways here, right? <laughs> wow. Huh. So we're going to dedicate this episode anyway to, to Kenny. Mm-hmm. The memory of Kenny. Urban Waste. Bro, we're dropping off, man. You know? So this, this little ukulele... Thing that he sent me uh-huh. <laughs> turned into this. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. And this was on the recycled album, the 2010 release. It's crazy. Hopefully you're hearing this normal. Yeah. Yeah, it's doing all right. Anyway, you can get the recycled album and listen to that. Drama. Awesome. That's drama. Kenny used to send me all his ideas on that little guitar. Yeah. Some of them we haven't used, so some might still turn into songs. Yeah. You know, after his being here. That's crazy. You live on, Kenny. Yeah. You know, and it was like, you know, last night, the night of the spirits, you know, it's like, so. Yeah, man. We were all trying to absorb uh, Kenny and Todd Todd Youth. youth and Rest in peace. Yeah. It's, it's like, Jesus Christ. He's another guy that came on the scene really young. Oh, hell yeah. I see, there's pictures of him. 
He's like he looks like he's 13 years old. He has the Warzone Iron Cross tattoo. It's terrible. It's a Lower East Side Crew Warzone. Looks like a little kid, man. Like tiny shaved head. He's at uh, on uh, 83 video. He's uh, he's at the whole set on the CBs. Like oh yeah, okay. Yeah, you know? that was fun, man. So many fun times. Yeah, man. We were always at like a lot of the same parties, a lot of the same shows. You know, yeah. Me and Todd, and then yeah, even like even like back then, like you were saying, like like 1980 and shit like that. Like you guys, it was like it, there wasn't a lot of people, was there? There was a, a, a good decent sized crew, but it wasn't like the the A7 shows. They were all like 50 to 75 people. Yeah, you know, and it was like from I don't know, Thursday through. Sunday night, yeah. Thursday through Sunday, when everyone was like hungover and yeah, and uh, pretty much got all their aggression out, and then you know like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday was quiet, yeah, and then we'd be right back to it. And A Seven was always had it, it had a following, and it had new people coming to it. It was CBs that started, you know, yeah. growing the A Seven didn't even really last too long though, did it? How long was A Seven even around? It was there before I got there, and I got there in 80, 81, maybe 81 I started going there. Yeah. And then, yeah, because it was late, late 80 when I went to see the Ramones, and then uh, 81 I was going to... Because CBs wasn't even doing any kind of hardcore pop rock shows. In the spring of 81, that's when Dancy says, hey, you want to start a band? (laughs) Okay. And we were still just going to shows at that time. Yeah. I was not even thinking about it. I was like... Wow, okay. Uh, that's also how a lot of bands actually got started. Yep. Was, it was down just like there. the enjoyment of going to the shows and then, you know, it was like like anything else you want to be part of it, right? Yep. So then, you know, we we wanted to start a band and get our message out there and that's how much I think that's how bands still start today. It's like yeah. you, know, you get into it, you like it, you want to do it. Yeah, you're all hanging out, you're at the same kinda place like a job, all the time. right? <laughs> what happened? It's kind of like a job, right? Yeah. You go to school, you pick a major, and then all of a sudden you're yeah. you know, it was a career. Yeah. And you're at the same place, and there's all the time, and these all the same familiar faces. You form bonds. You know, let's do something. Let's fucking blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, major conflict is fucking born. Right? Well, not not yet. Not yet? No, because Ditto, that was Ditto's project. So okay. Ditto was working on that in probably 82, we put it together. Oh, okay. And he was... Somebody a year off. And, uh... Dancy was in that project from the beginning. I wasn't. And then uh, before they went in to record, they wanted a second guitarist on it, so they, they brought me in to play, and then I was part of the band. Right. And I did. we did shows for about a year, and then the same thing happened. Everybody, you know, branched off and did what they wanted to do, and the band wasn't part of it. Right. Ditto started Gutter Boy. That was another band okay. that he was in. And they ended up getting a, a record contract and moving out to California and same thing another year or so later that band branched off and you know did their own thing yeah so um but me Urban Waste uh I forgot where I left off on the Urban Waste that was uh oh we oh yeah we formed in 81 yeah. and you know we weren't even sure what we wanted to do nobody knew I, I wanted think. to play drums okay no I was that kid that had the Big Mouse drum set you know I begged my mom for the drum set and yeah. it was like a little rinky ding ding dum piss dum dum yeah. you know, a little, like, little toy <laughs> drum set and I had Love banging it. Yeah, but Dancy wanted to play drums. Okay, I'm like, okay, okay. He, he's strong, right? He was bigger than me, and he, and he, he's black, so he had the soul for the drums. Okay, and he was like, you got it, man. I was like, you got it. What am I gonna do? He goes, want to play bass? 
I'm like, no, not really. It's like, uh-huh. it's like, okay, play, try playing guitar then. Oof, I, I tried, <laughs> I, I tried to pick up a guitar so many times. I, I, am a fucking mess. But uh, I was like, all right, I'll try the guitar, and I, I couldn't play it for anything. Right. Did you self teach yourself? And I'm left handed, and Oof. I didn't buy a left handed guitar. I just bought a regular guitar. Uh, I just started um, I taking lessons. I went to DeBellis Music in Astoria. Okay. And um, I set myself up uh, once a week going there just to learn, like, uh, chords and scales. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was, I'm a good learner, so it wasn't hard for me to pick up, you know, how to, you know, hold a guitar, you know, do a, whatever he was instructing me to do. Yeah. And then uh, once I learned a few chords, he said, all right, now go home and write a song. <laughs> oh boy! I was like, "Thanks." <laughs> What'd you write? Police brutality? I don't know. I probably wrote. Um, <laughs> he was teaching me like um, some Beatles um, songs. Sure. So uh, I didn't write anything that was Urban Waste at the time right. until I got not. together. I'm with, fucking around. Yeah, I hear you. Until I got together with Dancy, and then he was like, "And we would." I don't remember. We probably just said, "Play faster." Played faster. Oh yeah, as fast was, as you I can was fucking go. Down. I was I was probably going like. <laughs> right. And he's like, no, faster, faster, <laughs> faster, and then it turned into. <laughs> yeah. You know, right. and then it turned into something like yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, reject was born. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. And I think I think the first song I learned was Mutiny, and uh, that we wrote was Mutiny because mm-hmm. I learned the D chord. Right. And I just took it the triad to D, and I ran it up. There you go. And then it just became a straight. Right. And that was like you know because I I wasn't really like you know. I didn't really know how to play the guitar, but I knew how to play a chord and right. do some stuff with it. Yeah. So like, yeah. You fucking improvise and you make shit happen. Yeah. Yeah. The song was in our head. The song was in our head. That's <laughs> it. That's awesome, but, man. Uh, and then after writing a, a few songs on the acoustic, Dancy had, uh, I guess he got, like I said, the garbage can top and the, and the, and the snare. Um, bought a snare. Maybe someone gave it to him. Yeah, probably remember. someone probably gave it to him. Duct tape all over it and shit. <laughs> Yeah. Then we started going and we got Billy Phillips, who was our original singer before the EP. Alright. And uh, we had, uh, we found down on the Lower East Side, one, one of our trips, we, we were looking for a bass player. So I think maybe he answered an ad. And he lived downtown. Yeah, that was Freddie. Freddie Watt. He answered an ad or something we had. And we went and we met. Ads. There's a lot of ads in the we papers. We met him at Tucasa Studio on <laughs> Avenue B between, uh, I think, 6th and 7th, or maybe 5th and 6th. I don't uh, know. Somewhere on Avenue B. Uh-huh. Might still be there, Tucasa. I'm not even sure. Really? But uh, that was a great studio. and uh, I'd be surprised if it was still there, though. Oh, wait a minute. Mike Mace was our first practicing bassist. Oh, okay. He'd get mad at me if he listens to this. <laughs> leave me the out. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> he was oh man he never hit the stage with us but uh, he was a good guy and you know like um I think it was that aggression that it, that uh like I said we, we pulled out of that yeah. <laughs> acoustic guitar that we were looking for uh-huh. and uh Freddie Watt uh came in and he just nailed it he had this flying V bass um he was all over it with the scales a and, flying V bass huh yeah alright and uh 
he he's, he learned the song. You know, like the, our songs are easy, and then he wrote, he helped write a song, and uh, he didn't last long in the band because um, he started shooting dope in front of us. <laughs> that could put a death, yeah, that could put a damper on a couple, th- two, three things, huh? <laughs> you know, it never works out good. <laughs> we didn't know what it was, you know. I didn't know, you know, like anything about it. Just that we didn't want it in the band. Right? Yeah, you know? it's just, it's just a grimy. It was good guys functioning, you know. He was doing his thing, you know. Back then, we were just like, but this could potentially be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Could. Yeah. But Even if you we really know. weren't too smart enough about it, you kind of had that idea that this is yeah. isn't going to be a good thing. But we were still like, you know, we were still clean kids at the time. So, yeah. You know, and how old were you at this we were age? Beer. I was like, well, yeah. And that's about it. And yeah. We How old were you? Yeah, you were a teenager. Ninety-one. I was fourteen. Yeah. You know? All right. Fourteen, fifteen, running around the fucking burnt out Lower East Side drinking beers. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> that's good times. Missing a lot of school. Of course. Yeah. Well, fuck school. I this mean, is that parenting I was telling you. About. Right. You know? But yeah. I love my mother because she she you know would take me wherever she went. Yeah. Uh, she took me to Broadway musicals. She took me uh, to Jersey va- on, out to Jersey for vacations. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know she took care of me like up until I was twenty three. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Same with my mother. Kicked too. my ass out. Yeah. But you know, it, you know, like I said, it was a tough life for her. So yeah, it was tough on all of us. Yeah. But like you know. I'm not alone in that, so you know, anyone with that struggle, man. Oh yeah, man. You gotta take care of yourself. Yeah, you know. Listen, sometimes taking care of you gotta take care of yourself. Listen, it's fucking. When it comes to a certain point, it's like, oh, you're selfish. Well, sometimes you gotta be fucking selfish. You have to look out for number one first because without you, it's so hacky too. It's like, yo, man, like without me, like we were talking before, like. If I start drinking and shit again, like, my life is going to fall apart. And then there's so many people that get affected by it. And it's not even the so many people. It's like, my I have a child. How long are you not drinking? A little over... October 1st was four years. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. Yeah, and it was at one point, it was like almost seven. And then I went off the deep end. I lost track a little bit. 95, 2005. Well, like, the first, like, 90 days, you know, you're counting days. Now now I just know it's October 1st. Like, I don't know. I'm 23 years without a drink. That's fucking awesome. Well, wait a minute. I lied. I had a shot of tequila in uh, Mexico to one last year. All right. Oh, well, listen. In 23 years, you do one <laughs> shot of tequila and your life isn't falling apart. Because I was in Mexico. And, well, That's there you I go. I get that. And when I go to Japan, I'm going to have a shot of sake. So well, listen. When I, and okay. you're an international one-shot drinker guy. There we go. And there's nothing wrong with that. See, there's nothing wrong with that. You drink it to get drunk? No. Right. You drink it because I'm in Japan and I feel like doing a shot of sake because yeah. I'm here and I'm just enjoying the moment. I get that. You know? Like, but I didn't turn into, okay, I'm going to go have some shots of Jaeger last night with Jimmy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you see, me, I'm twisted. Like, right now, like, if, if people were drinking around me, it doesn't bother me at all. Mm-hmm. But if I start drinking, it's my own fucking twisted whatever the fuck it is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I just, you know, I just... I focus. I drink. I just drink a whole bunch of coffee. So we played our first show in February of 1982 at okay. ASAP. And uh, John Watson was there. Of course, he was. Diego was there. Uh huh. He was another like uh, fixture on the scene. Prominent guy. Yeah. Uh, a whole bunch of people were there. Uh, Jimmy G was there. You know, all Doug Holland was there. A crowd. Really. Uh, and that uh, was I was like uh, I was like petrified wood on stage, and I couldn't move. 
You were fucking I, deathly scared. I barely got the songs <laughs> out. That's awesome. Well, that I sucks. wasn't used to like a cr- people watching me or applauding. You know something I was doing. Mm-hmm. It was just like foreign. You know, of course. And uh, it just like it hit me like a ton of bricks when I was up there. Not before I was up, but once I was up. Yeah. When it was over, I was like, wow. It's fucking man. cool. Like, and people dug us, and people were dancing, and what yeah. the fuck? And then A7, if you wanted another show, you go you go talk to Dave, and he just writes you in the book for the next show. All right. No big deal. So and that's how it worked. He goes, See, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know how booking and shit like that yeah. works. Like, And Dave would just say, you guys want another date? Yeah. <laughs> so with Nick, the next month, we came back, and we did it again. I was off the wall. Really? I didn't stand still. I was in one spot for more than like two seconds. Yeah, it was crazy. So I you got had that. that. You had that. You yeah. So I it was the first one. You got those those jitters out. Next thing you know, you just and the fucking room blew up. up too because of that. Like you know, they they saw all the stage right the first show. Right. It was like so, it was, everyone was pretty much like reserved. Mm-hmm. You know, like a little dancing maybe. But the second show, forget about it. it just blew up. It was That's like, awesome. Yeah. That's good shit, man. So Urban Waste was on their way from there. You know. Do like, you remember who was on that first show with you? No, right? How I many? All the regular it. bands of you know, like probably it was Kraut, maybe Cause for Alarm, or yeah. maybe False Prophets, or okay, um, some some other bands that were playing or out around that time. A little agnostic. Oh, that, I, that mem- those memories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that one's left. <laughs> nice, but uh, you know, I remember we did play with all those bands at one time. And oh, of like, course. I mean, yeah, you kind of... And that's when Agnostic Front uh, started forming, doing their thing, and, uh, right? And yeah. They were just like, they weren't even sure who the lineup was yet. It was John Watson, I think, wasn't Todd Youth. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember... Rabies. Yep, Rabies. Played drums mm-hmm. for a little while. Right. Yeah. yeah. There was a lot of little people. In the very, very beginning stage, there's a lot of people. Yeah. You know, a bunch. But me and Dancy were like, we were the boys from Queens, so we would always have to hop on the train. Yeah. Go downtown... And shit was already going on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that was a mission, too. It's like... Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It was a mission. Yeah. We had the double R back then. The double... I remember the double R. <laughs> double R's long gone. Yeah. And there was the airport. Do you remember the airport plane? The airport train? It was just a... It was just a pick. Instead of, like, a number or a letter, it would just be, like, a silhouette of an airplane. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember that? It was like the E and the F line, though. So, right. I don't know what the fuck line it was. I just remember, I oh, that, 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 that one's going to the airport. Like, that was that it. That one's going to the airport. <laughs> yeah, okay. I remember that. I remember the double R. Yeah. It's bugged out. So, after... All right, so you said February of 82? Yeah. Was your first show? When did the first EP come out? December of 82. Nice. Yep. Nice. And we used... Uh, we had, like... We, we were writing songs, but, the, like... Like the uh, the ones that we like had originally written, and then maybe one or two. Kenny was part of uh, Public Opinion and Ignorant, but like uh, Billy wrote most of the lyrics. He wrote the lyrics to Reject, No Hope, um, Skank, yeah, Skank, and like four or five songs are Billy's, and maybe uh, three three of them are Kenny's on the lyrics part. Right, and uh, we had like. 15 songs but we like picked out the 8 that we wanted to put out yeah and that ended up being uh, you know that's what's out there and we had other songs that never got recorded because 
<laughs> we just didn't get there. You just didn't get to that point. I nope. get it. <laughs> and uh, so, 82 came out. 83, we played the shit out of it all straight through the whole year. We we got we got to go on some small tours, uh, weekend road trips. and Sure. Know, we were doing that back then. And nothing big. You know, we didn't get off the East Coast at all. Right. Just going up and down in a shitty van that breaks down and yeah. shit probably. Is and the- that started wearing on us because we weren't, really weren't expanding. Right. And that's when uh, Kenny was doing other stuff and, you know, like, distractions started coming in. And, yeah. Uh, we were still playing CBs and then, you know, uh, Gnostic Front was booming at that time. Sure. And, uh, Crumb suckers were coming out. And Fuck you know that that was like pretty much around the time. I guess I guess you would say it was like the birth of that kind of crossover shit. Yeah, because the Crumb Suckers are a crossover band. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, that Life of Dreams record is just retarded yeah. still to this day. And the Chromags, they were doing their thing. Yeah. Uh, um, short story: I was the Chromags' original pr- practicing guitarist. Really? So when they were writing songs, they were they they had brought me in. To, to like just sit in on practices with them and they like one or two parts I helped along with you yeah. know I didn't actually write them but like the down down I was there practicing that with them like, right. before it was even thought before it had a title I think yeah because uh, so Joseph came to Ravenswood they hung out at one of our practices once so you know we were like you know hanging out with them mm-hmm. once in a while and then they had asked me to come in but I was doing Urban Waste and Major Conflict at the time right so they went with Paris who was I guess he became the he became the guitarist yeah. at the time, right? Yeah. And uh him and, Doug Holland. Him. him and Doug Holland. Yep. And uh yeah, 'cause I don't know what was going on with Kraut at that time too. They were doing a lot too. Yeah. I saw Kraut it was like Lamores in like eighty nine, <laughs> eighty eight, yeah. eighty eight, eighty nine. Oh, wow. There was a band called New York City Strength that it was formed by, it was the original drummer for Biohazard, Anthony Mio. He got kicked out of Biohazard right before the first Biohazard record came out, and he formed a band called New York City Strength. And I knew those guys through my sister. So they were playing Lemoore's, and they handed me a flyer and shit, and I went to Lemoore's just to go see them. But it was like them, Kraut, Slapshot, and somebody else. But I wasn't even, I didn't even really know about hardcore really yet right. you know what I mean mm-hmm. you know like Leeway is the one that really kind of threw me into the mix okay. you know like indirectly I've told that story a million times but um but yeah so yeah I saw crowd like once in my life that's it <laughs> like that's it was Johnny Feedback on the drums who the fuck knows I have no idea I didn't know a song I didn't know nothing I remember the flyer I remember the show I don't remember nothing else <laughs> that was it I don't know I wasn't paying attention I was just like you know I was I don't know, fucking 15, 14, some shit like that. It was like by accident, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, I'll go check out, you know, these guys. I used to go to the studio at Fast Lane on Flatbush Avenue and go watch, you know, the guys knew she's trying to practice and hang out. Oh, they're playing the show. They didn't play out a lot at mm-hmm. all, but they played like, I don't know how many shows, but they were playing Lamar's, and I was like, all right, cool. And I was like too young. I was wondering if I would still be able to get in and shit because it was 16 and over or whatever oh, wow. the fuck. But yeah, I got in because I guess I knew the guys, but... I know I saw the Ramones at Lamores too. That was one of the places they played. Yeah. In Brooklyn, right? Yeah. Lamores East. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Bay Ridge. There was were there two Lamores? Yeah, one opened up on Staten Island, which I never even I never even <laughs> stepped foot in there. 
No idea. I was referenced that one. It's like yeah. there was another one somewhere, but one more. It's the Rock Capital of Brooklyn, which is just it's a it's a legendary club in its own right because everybody from fucking Metallica to Iron Maiden to Slay, everybody has played there. Another another band I used to go see was the Plasmatics with Dancing. Right. I never to, saw them. I never Wendy, saw them. Oh, yeah, oh my god. Yeah. And then we got into Bonds International, um, where they played, and it was there was an age restriction there, but. We had tickets, yeah. So they they let us in. I'm like, it's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, like lights went out. You know, like Wendy comes <laughs> out with the, with the tape on her nipples and the, like with the chainsaw. You know, oh, and blowing cars up in front of us. I'm like, and that was another one. I was 14. That's but. awesome <laughs> shit, though. When you're 14, that shit resonates with you, man. That's awesome. You never forget. A few that years shit. later, they were on the uh, the Tomorrow Show with Tom Snyder. Okay. And, uh, you know, we were in the lobby waiting for him to come down. I was, like, you know, standing this close to Wendy O. Williams looking down her shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Signing my poster. I'm, like, uh-huh. just trying to get her, you know, uh-huh. cleavage. She, she didn't have one. No, she didn't. <laughs> no. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Fun man. Times. Yeah, of course. It was just the uh, excitement of uh, being young, I guess, you know, and that's... Uh, a lot of shit was going on. Yeah, and what and, and you know what he had like this mental like trajectory of what was going to happen and shit like that. Like like when you first were in urban, you know, when Urban Waste was formed, did you think that in 2018 that you would just be coming off of a show last night with with another band that's been around forever with Murphy's Law? Like nobody knew that shit. I was talking to this uh, girl Maria last night, and she was telling me how she. Um, she thanked me for like you know for for playing, and she says when I was eighteen, I heard your band, and she's you know she's like a mature woman now. It's like yeah, maybe in late twenties. You know, I don't yeah. want to guess her age, but right. beautiful woman, and she was like thanking me for like you know putting it out. That I was like I really didn't know people were listening to us after we broke up. Really, but we put that record out. Yeah, you know that that vinyl like resonated for mm-hmm. 30 plus years and it's crazy right you know thanks to Jack Flanagan for uh, you know hooking up with the right people and getting the right distributors and getting it out there and yeah you know, he was he was a he was a big help for urban waste you know yeah and uh, I mean that's why I mean you said it before like you know Kenny you said that Kenny lives on it's like you know Todd youth and and Kenny and and and, and anybody you know an artist a musician you know you have you put shit out there man like it's still there. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's another cliche bumper sticker type thing, but the music lives on, and so do you in a way. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's, 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 yeah. it's you, right. you know? It was 2001 when I realized people were still listening to us. Yeah. I had, uh, I walked away from, from the scene in late 80s. Okay. You know, and my last show was with Murphy. I, Mur- I was a guest guitarist for Murphy's Law. There's been a lot of guest guitars from At the Ritz, Law. opening up for the Ramones. I lived my dream. Yeah, man. I opened up for the Ramones. At the Ritz. Thanks to Jimmy G. Sold out. Of course. Of course. Yeah. That's, that's, that, that shit is just... <laughs> you can't put a price on that kind of shit, man. It was so funny that night. I had a guitar that the, the, the high E string twanged. Twang! Every time I... <laughs> I couldn't get no luck even on the big stage dude that's <laughs> nice I'm gonna stay away from that string we did the Pierce song we did Elsa you know he had me up there for like six songs yeah I played with them and uh then uh then the Ramones when I was like holy shit that's fucking great Dan- and 
sad dance he was in the audience on that one. Uh, so, you know, our dream was to play with the Ramones. Yeah, but you know? you're up there with Murphy's Law. I was up there with Murphy's Law. Oh, Murphy's Law is in their, in their own right or up there, man. They, you know, yeah. listen... I gotta, I gotta get Jimmy. If you're listening, I need to get you on this fucking thing one day, man. I'm sure you have stories for fucking months. Yeah, he'll tell you stories about us going out and doing lots of drugs. Oh, oh, <laughs> I'm sure that. Oh my god. Yeah. But when I first met Jimmy, a lot of debauchery back then. I used to, I used to like hanging out with him, and I went over to his house. We'd listen to records. His mm. dad was barbecuing in the backyard, and then we, you know, like you know. Uh, all you Queens have a guys go downtown, you know, like yeah. just like all you day in the life, man. I was living the day in the life with Jimmy back all, then. All you Queens degenerates, <laughs> uh huh. Yep. But yeah, I mean, it, that comes up very often. How how how? I mean, how many fucking bands came out of Queens, dude? From the Gorilla Biscuits, sick of it all, to you guys, to Murphy. But meanwhile, Lawson. we didn't have one fucking place in Queens to play. Isn't that nuts? <laughs> what is it about Queens that 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 that, that formed? All, it's it's just, it's nuts. We don't know. I don't know, but a lot of New York hardcore bands came out of Queens, man. Yeah. A lot. Yeah, we got a lot of good Lower East Side bands too. You had like uh, yeah, it's Queens and Lower East Side. Yeah, that was like the majority. Yeah, think about it. From Agnostic Front, to, I mean, and Jersey. Don't leave Jersey out. No. Yeah, but not as much as the Lower East Side of Queens. Because they had to come to get it and then bring it, go back yeah. and make it happen. That takes more dedication <laughs> than coming right? from Queens. Hell yeah. You're talking bridges. You're talking... Yeah, man. Tolls. Tolls. <laughs> but yeah, but how much was a toll back then? Verrazano right oh, now, $17. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. The, the Outer Bridge is 15 The Gothels is 15 The Outer Bridge... And the, and the Verrazano is 17 Might as well fucking swim. Dude, it's fucking crazy, man. <laughs> It's crazy. It is. People are taking their own boats to work. I, I saw like across the East German. Uh, yeah, I don't blame them. Get yourself a fucking little canoe deal. Right? Something. Yeah, it's bad. I don't know if you legally can. Can you just go in that water and just go? I don't know. It's a river, right? It is, but it's some kind of fucking loophole, whatever. You, you're crossing some line, some shipping lane or something. Yeah, right. yeah, you'd be a fucking terrorist. There's something. You probably can't. Yeah. You should be able to, but I'm sure that there's some jerk If you're not from law. New York City, there's a lot of shit here you can't do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our post 9-11 world. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some kind of fucking loophole that you can't do. it, guaranteed. I wouldn't try it. <laughs> fucking swimming. So when we uh, when er- in late '83, early '84, we uh, I found we still weren't create writing any new music. We weren't getting any new shows. Right. And uh, then uh, Kenny and Andy decided they were going to go do their own thing, and that's how the split of Urban Waste came about. And and that was when what year? '84. '84. Okay. So we formed in 81, and we, we split up in 84. And then you guys came back. Well, then then Dancy and I went... Dancy was playing with Major Conflict. Right. And that's when they brought me on board with that. Right. And, and now, what was the deal with, with, with Major Conflict? See, I know, I know more about Urban Waste than I do Major Conflict, but obviously the people that are listening maybe never even heard of Major Conflict. Right. Because not everybody is, is just like, you know, a hardcore... Person that listens, you know what I mean. Ditto on guitar was Nick on bass. It was Billy Phillips, uh, Urban Waste original uh, singer on vocals. Uh, D- John Dancy on drums, and they brought me in 
second guitar. Okay. And it was just a hardcore punk band from yeah. Queens. Yeah, with, of course. With a different, with a different, you know, uh, with a different sound. You know, Ditto, Ditto was uh, loved his rock and roll, so mm-hmm. his songs had a lot, you know, some a lot of good riffs in it. Yeah. So, and they were getting some good shows, playing with playing with bands. We played with the UK Subs. Nice. Um, that was a that was an interesting night. Uh, <laughs> we almost didn't play that show because there was a, almost a drug overdose from one of the members in the band, oh. and kind of had to like wait till he came out of it, mm-hmm. and then we were able to go to the show and we made it there just in time. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, those pesky drug overdoses <laughs> might you know put a damper on your day. <laughs> I'm gonna say which member sniffed a whole half a gram of cocaine uh, at once, uh, yeah. but it threw him into a seizure. And uh, kind of like, uh, I think a cold glass of milk brought him out of it. Really? Yeah, I don't know. It was just, it wasn't good. It might have been a heart attack happening. Yeah. But, we know, it's... It wasn't good. We made it to the but show. But you made it to the show! <laughs> That's how, hey, listen, you made it to the fucking show. Got up. Had you had happen. You had your half a heart attack. Yep. Or whoever else. I'm okay did. now, folks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. See, no. kids... Don't do drugs, kids. Might not make it to that fucking... No, no, no. That fucking Jay-Z show that you want to fucking go to. So, uh, yeah, major conflict happened. And after after that split up, that's when I really was just going to shows. And I didn't, I didn't see Urban Waste getting back together at that point. Right. And I wasn't putting it back together with different people. Right. You know, so... Uh, and you put out what with urban with with with, with major conflict? You put out that outgroup that, the seven inch right. EP. It has three songs on it. <laughs> intro, not just a song, an outgroup. <laughs> <laughs> three songs, one's an intro. Yep. <laughs> so it's like two songs and a little intro. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I I missed the intro where the title was just intro. It is. It's just intro. I know. Yeah. There was a lot of just songs titled just intro back in the day. I miss the intro. <laughs> Me too. There's no songs called intro no more. No, they gotta have a. They have to have like a name now. I can't get this lineup to do any intros or outros. <laughs> no tros. <laughs> yeah, you just until the next release. You have to have this <laughs> intro. Bring it back. Public opinion. That's a, that's our intro and outro. Right. <laughs> so. uh... I started doing more drugs. <laughs> okay. Like we all do. We start okay. off with a little bit, then you do a lot. After that, after I wasn't in the band, I you know, I got in trouble with the law a little bit. Uh, well, it comes with the territory, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the time my brother-in-law up in the Catskills uh, needed, a, needed a worker, so he took me up there as his fresh air fund, and that's when I started, you know, getting my shit together. Right. You know, getting out of trouble and... Uh, putting the band behind me more and I still have my guitar I bought a new guitar up there I bought a little practice amp okay and uh living up in the Catskills for 17 years and this is from 1990 to 2007 so whatever happened in New York hardcore in those years I'm a blank really yeah I saw you guys play <laughs> oh, I saw you guys I'll, open up for Agnostic Front right. in 2002 House. we played I didn't, I didn't see that. I didn't, we, in 2002, we played at, uh, well, like I said, from from 1987 uh, to, to, not 2007, to 2000, I was out of it. 
1987 to 2000, 2001. So that's a good 14 years. 14 years. And then I realized people were still listening to us. Wow. By Aimster, uh, like a Napster file sharing program. Yeah. I put Urban Waste in the shirt in the search for shits and giggles, uh-huh. and it t- I was on dial up at the time. Oh, of course, and someone else in your house is on the phone, and you can't figure. Yeah, they hang up the phone. You remember that shit? Yeah, like you have to have the phones on the hook <laughs> in order to connect. Oh my god, you little kids have no idea how good you have it. <laughs> well, you can't make prank phone calls anymore. I no, you can't. You can't. But uh, <laughs> five minutes later, I see. Bloop, BNC, bloop, skank, public opinion, police brutality. It's like, wow, somebody's sharing our music online. Yeah. In 2001, this was. Okay. And, uh, you know, you're able to talk to the people back then. So Brandy X Brandy <laughs> yeah. was her name. And she was from Massachusetts. And I thanked her for, like, you know, like, listening to us. And she's like, is this really Like, Johnny? is this really you? Yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like, why? She's like. You're my biggest influence. Like, and then she's telling me about her friends and like that there are shows going on. You know, like I am missing out on a lot. Yeah. And I was like, well, <laughs> I had to get my life together. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. But it was great to see like that the scene blew up. It grew. Like it, 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 it lived on. You know? <laughs> from in that, in that amount of time. I, mean, from, I knew it was still from going. From '87 to I wasn't 2000. keeping up with it. And, right. Uh, the most I. <laughs> I started playing with, in small bands up there. They weren't hardcore punk bands, but they were like jam bands. Okay. And uh, one of the bands I played in was called Super Creeps. And uh, Robbie Goss was a uh, singer. Little did I know his brother was Brian Goss, who played with Warzone. Fuck. In their last years. Wow. So he was... And he didn't know who I was, and I didn't know who he was, and we just like went on for a few years before it finally clicked. Wow. And Robbie says, yeah, Brian played in Warzone. I was like, what? Like, and then I, you know, then he found out that I played in Urban Waste. Wow. <laughs> and that's when I met Brian after that. Not too long after that, we recorded. We did some, uh, the band was called Super Creep, so we did some, like, it was... Uh, abstract rock. Okay. You know, Robbie was more lyr- of a lyrical poet than an actual a screamer or a singer. Right. But he was good. You know, he he did his stuff right. And uh, so you know, I I got back into the music, and then one of the one uh, one night I went to Woodstock at okay. the Joyous Lake, and Murphy's Law was playing. Sick. <laughs> and you're right back in. And I, 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 it was a reunion with Jimmy and Anthony Ferrante and a whole bunch of people. Stephen Poss was there. I was like, wow. Haven't seen you guys in fucking forever. Yeah. I forget what year was that. That was like, it had to be 97. I'll say okay. 97. I'll guess 97. If that was 97, I was up in Elmendorf Air Force Base in Alaska. Wow. That's where I was. Alaska. In 97. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, there was there was a there was a time where I kind of I kind of checked out from like the scene because I needed to do shit with myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I knew there was a scene going on, but I wasn't really keeping up because this was pre-internet and shit like that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, there was no internet then. I'm in the military, dude. I'm in Texas. I'm in New Mexico. I'm in fucking Alaska. I'm busy. You know what I mean? But then there was one day like. I was on leave or I don't know I was doing something and I wound up I was in I was in the city I walked into like Virgin Records or some shit like that and I was looking around looking around I see you know I just see like the sick of it all section mm-hmm. and the sick of it all section grew 
so much from when right. I went in. Yeah, I'm like, all right, I went in the service. It was like in between, like, scratch the surface and built to last. And then I look and I'm like, oh, that's a new album. That's an album. That's an What the fuck? Wow. You know? And it was like one day, like, out of nowhere, I was walking down. I was in the it was down in the city. I was walking past Coney Island High. No, not Coney Island High. Yeah, Coney Island High. And I look on the fucking venue thing, whatever, the fly or whatever. And I look at my watch or like, yeah, I look at my watch because there was no phones. And I look and it's like, oh, leeway's going on in like an hour. <laughs> wow. So I walk back, I walk in there and I was back in. It was just, it was just like that. It was just like, you know, I was busy out doing my fucking thing, you know, and well, I had to do it. I fucked it all up, but uh, it was an attempt to get my shit in order, <laughs> you know? Well, another reason we're sitting here is uh, Brian Swirsky and Wendy here. They put this big reunion, this 25-year reunion show together at the Knitting Factory. Mm. And they got as many as the old school bands they possibly could get back together. Right. And uh, when they got in touch with me, I was like, well, I know I can get in touch with, you know, John Dancy, the drummer, and I could I could probably find a bass player up here in the Catskills because yeah. I was still living up there. And um, I put the... Put the search out for Kenny. <laughs> yeah, and we found him. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and uh, he said, "Yeah, he wanted to do it. He was living in Florida, and um, that's when uh, we started buying him plane tickets to come up here. You know, and yeah. uh, we got him. He came up a couple times. We rehearsed. You know, he had to re-rehearse the lyrics because you know he hadn't sang them in so many years. Sure. Uh, we did that show and it was like a great, great response, you know, from from the crowd. We weren't expecting that. Mm-hmm. You know, I was expecting like a third of what we got, and the room was packed, and it was like all this. Like it made me brought me back. Yeah, of course, you man. Know, like I said, like, I never gave up the music. I was always I was playing one project or another, and, yeah, and when that those, happened, yeah, and like those people who listen to it, obviously, are of, of, a lot of them are of a certain age, so they're listening to that shit and they're listening to it when they're young. And the next thing you know, it's like so many years later, and you're back, and it brings everybody back to a certain time, man. That's awesome. Like I saw you guys play. I think it was what was it the it was twentieth anniversary of Victim and Pain in United Blood. Mm-hmm. It was it twentieth? It was a 25th year? Yeah, at the Bell House. At the Bell House, yeah. I was with Antidote. With Antidote. Yeah, that was Which a, was fucking incredible. That was a great was. fucking show. Yep. Yep, sure I was, was there that night. Yep. It was good shit, man. And they had, uh, they did, uh, the Kids United, and they had, what's his name come up? The, the, the original member of the band. The Iron Cross? Kids United? Mm. Who? Agnostic Front? Yeah. Well, Kabula was playing. Kabula played some songs... Like, there was a few things. That but that who does on. If the Kids Are United? They did that, right? They, that was their closing song, I think. I don't remember. They might have. I don't fucking remember. They had I don't remember special, the set They list. had a lot of special guests that night. Yeah, the, yeah. The drummer, two, two drummers, or two bass players? Two drummers and two bass players. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, I don't remember all the ins and the outs. I remember it was a great fucking show. I don't remember the set list. But it was all old shit. I mean, they did all of United Blood. They did all of Victim and Pain. Mm-hmm. Like, which was just great, man. Yeah. Fucking awesome. That was another thing when, when I, Agnostic Front only had like the victim in pain. They, they, I think it was, was Un- United Blood. United Blood, and, and then they came out with victim in pain. And once victim in pain came out, it was a wrap for them. They were, they were boom. <laughs> they, they exploded with victim in pain, which is still in my top five. Right, top five. I forgot what I was going to say, but anyway, 
Uh, well, no, you saw you had their victim and pain. They had, they had, when when probably when when Urban Waste was doing that, when you guys right when I when I that's when United Blood was probably came out. Like all you said, same we time for it all. When I when I came back, Agnostic Front had their library had grown immensely. Oh, it's and, ridiculous! And so did sport. their styles of music. Sure, <laughs> yeah. Well, I always say it too. Like Vinny Stigma was, ah, you guys always, you know, it doesn't sound like the same. Why doesn't that sound like Victim and Pain? You want to listen to Victim and Pain? Listen to fucking Victim and Pain. Oh, why does it sound like one voice? Go listen to fucking one voice then. It's not All the bands, same. Which is good. Grow. Which is great. Like, we had started off with uh, Reject and Mutiny, which were like, I was just learning how to play cards. Right. You know, and then we, we got up to Ignorant and Public Opinion, where mm-hmm. we were putting actually, like, progressions together. Right. Chord progressions and, like, mm-hmm. you know, making some something out of it. And then, right. And then the band breaks up. <laughs> right. Of course. Yeah. Like, we were growing, but we did we, we got halted. So yeah, that's why I always wanted to pick the pieces back up. I always wanted to get the band back together, and you know that reunion show helped that happen. And when in two thousand, late two thousand ten, Dancy started falling off the wagon again, and right. he stopped showing up, and it was just becomes an issue. <laughs> becomes an issue. There was neglect. Yeah, <laughs> we'll keep it at that. Okay, and um. Then Kenny, I don't know what Kenny just uh, he got involved in a relationship and they uh, they happened to they put dampers on things <laughs> and uh, Josh was coming to all our shows and and like backing Kenny up at, at shows and it just looked like Kenny wanted to like hand the mic over yeah <laughs> yeah and uh, just chill out but you know he always supported Josh you know he's like he, Josh you saved this band and uh, you know it was like but you know Kenny was. You know, people love Kenny, his voice, his yeah. his uh, his uh, presence on stage. Sure. And, you know, that is deeply missed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but Josh did, did uh, you know, come come to the come to the rescue of the band or yeah, to keep the band he alive. He became a great front man and you know, like he really puts his heart into it, you yeah. know, he's dedicated, uh, and he wants to keep doing things, you know. Yeah. So this is that's the type of people I want to work with. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I said be- before when we were upstairs, and when uh, you know, when I was booking shows, Urban Waste was it was the first ever hardcore matinee at the club that I was booking shows at, and you guys were the first headlining band on my first ever show. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea what the fuck I was doing, but it seemed like it was okay because people, like, the next couple days later, it was like, yo, when's the second show? When's the next show? I was like, oh, I didn't even know there was going to be one. I don't right. know. You know, so How's I was it going do- over there? Like, we haven't been there in a while. I haven't been. I haven't booked shows in over a year. Oh. Yeah. I've been doing this. this been busy. now? Yeah, for now. You know? Am I, am I done booking shows? Probably not. Mm. I don't know. Maybe. Possibly one day again. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like to say yes or no to anything because yeah. then you know people say, "Well, yeah, well, you said this, you said that." Eh, listen, things change. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Well, if, if I find want to get back into it, if it pulls you back in, you know. I'll, 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 I'll start hitting up everybody and being annoying with everybody again. You know, but I enjoy doing this stuff. Plus, my, my my work schedule is fucking bugged out, and plus, I have my daughter on the weekends. It's just, you know, it's this is not enough fucking. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe. No. But I enjoy doing this shit. You know, I go around, I bullshit with people. Like, bro, I just learned a bunch of things. I had no idea. You know? Yeah. We didn't even scratch the surface. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I'm not in any rush. I mean, how long are we going for? 
Well, a little over an hour. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can go for another well, no, few minutes. We, we did cover a lot of bases. I'm just saying. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we can get into little nitpicky fucking little things, <laughs> little war stories. Oh, forget. I could be. The uh, rap bones. I was listening to your rap bones podcast. That man's got some amazing stories. Love rap bones. <laughs> and rap bones loves rap bones. <laughs> and all on a normal day, right? Is like yeah. The U-Haul truck story, man, dude. <laughs> Living in you. If anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, go back. I'm not sure what episode number it is. It's a few. It's a few episodes back, and it's Rap Owens Part Two. Yeah. And if, if go back to episode three, actually episode three is Rap Owens the first time he was on the show, and he was technically our first guest. Really, he got a good tip. If you're ever homeless, go to the U-Haul uh, parking lot. <laughs> yeah, off like off some highway in South Jersey somewhere. Find the one with the open door. Yeah, find some furniture, throw it in there. Uh, or you can go to a top of like an awning on the Lower East Side on like fucking Asta Place. Dude. Living in an awning. Living in, like, an awning, like, Welcome recess. Awning. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk to Rat Bones fucking all day long. Rat Bones likes talking about Rat Bones. <laughs> it's funny. He's the best. <laughs> Kenny yeah. gives Rat Bones a shout-out in our... Uh Sounds from the garage. Nice. Well, well, the new Nova Demon, the new Nova Demon social record, the Nova Demon social value record that's coming out. They have a song called Rap Bones. Oh yeah. They wrote a song about Rap Bones. <laughs> it's crazy. It's fun shit, man. Yeah, he's always. There's fun another guy. Who, he's a great parent. You know. No Rap Bones. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. is. He fucking lives and breathes that kid. Mm-hmm. Shout out to little Luke. Even though we weren't raised to be parents, we turned out to be all right. Yeah, man. Listen, it's 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 like like we said before. It's like it comes a time where you got to fucking put your big boy pants on and fucking be an adult and do what you got to fucking do. You know, I I sit back and I think back at all the crazy times and and you know what? There's there's a lot of great memories and shit like that. But all right, but you got to move on. You gotta move on. I wish I can fucking eat six hits of ash and run around the fucking limelight and smoke angel dust. I wish I could do that. Can't do it. It's reality, kid. Those times are over. It has uh, uh, effects on you later on. A little bit. And I'm 43. What am I doing? You know what I mean? Yeah, what the fuck would I be... Oh, God. I'm 51, but I like to t- I like to turn it around and think I'm only 15. Well, Look, I'm even know. wearing high water, so what the fuck? Yeah, listen, it looks like I'm wearing high water. <laughs> nice. So what's going on with Urban Waste? What's what's happening? Any any recordings? Anything new? Shows? Any- we just recorded. Um, we got to go finish doing uh, backups. And... Uh, our good friend Paul Kastabi, he's engineering it. Okay. You know, he's got a nice interest in the band. He's got a full length coming out, or is it an EP? We have nine songs. We're gonna write two or three more songs. So to you got a full it. length. We're gonna put a we're gonna put a twelve inch out. Beautiful. And uh, I don't know full length is gonna still only gonna be about twenty five minutes long. <laughs> I get it. But hey, well once you get ten to twelve songs, it's a full length record. And uh, it'll be the first vinyl with this lineup, and uh, I'm excited about it. You know and. Uh, Paul's doing a good job. We're going to look for uh, someone to probably pick it up and try to, you know, get it distributed right. Uh, we don't know who that is yet. Okay. Um, as far as shows, um, we don't have anything booked right now because right. our bass player is taking care of her mother in Japan. Okay. So we're not committed. Shout out to Nanli. Hopefully yeah. your mom is okay. Much love to Nanli and her family. And so we're going to wait till you know, she has uh, everything in order there and then we're going to 
um, put this vinyl out, and we're going to try to get someone to probably tour manage us, you know, or book our shows for us. There you go. Uh, and, you know, we have someone in mind who has an interest. We haven't worked together in a while. Uh, so I'm going to just... Uh, Throw Brian Swirsky out there, see if he wants to work hey. with us in the... Hey, Troy, yeah. run it up the flagpole, see who salutes us. <laughs> right? And uh, there's, a, there's a label or two that we might, you know, we might try to hit up uh, some labels to see if they want to put it out. I don't okay. put any names out, because I feel I, like I'm committing. <laughs> I hear you. But, uh... There's a, there's a Feel free to get in touch. Any record labels there's, there's, interested there's, in Urban Waste, any uh, promoters, there's, booking there's, agents, if you're listening to this little There's podcast. buzz around the... I'll, I'll, I'll mention I'm not going to mention it right now, but there's, there's a record label that has a nice little buzz going on that maybe I can hit them up and maybe they'll be interested or you hit them up. I'm not going to be the middleman, but I'll, <laughs> I'll throw the name out there and you do whatever you want. There's when a few good labels in New York City, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. There are... There's one that's not necessarily right and in the, the band city, is tight. I mean, we don't have any issues with like you know anyone leaving. We all yeah. get along great. We're like one happy family. So yeah. we hope it stays that way for a long time. Yeah, you know, we'll as long definitely as be back it. out there playing shows. Um, we have uh, a reserve date at Tompkins Square Park. Beautiful in 2019. Okay, you know more details to come. More details when they come in. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you know of thanks him to Chris Flash for uh, you know being able to book dates at Tompkins Square Park for yeah. you know different events? That's awesome that the, that band's playing Tompkins Square Park again. Yeah, like right. that's fucking good shit. Yeah, be nice if they had the band shell. There used to be a big band shell. There, yeah, where it was like made it feel like concert like. Now you have to bring your own stage. Yes. BYOS. BYOS. Bring your own shit. Yeah. Yeah. But we're gonna we're gonna do something fun next year and uh Cool. Probably make it like some kinda uh little tribute to Kenny there. Good. Also, you know. Nice nice and public. Yeah. But like I said, when when Nolly's ready to get back into it, we'll uh we'll write those songs that we gotta write and put the vinyl out. So okay. probably in the next three to six months. So Nanli didn't play last night. Yeah, she played. Oh, she played. She's so back awesome. and forth to Japan, right? Oh, okay. She's leaving on the thirteenth. Gotcha. Of uh, November. So. Okay, yeah, I got it all. And we're not going to see okay. her for like a month. Okay. And then uh, we are urban waste. That's it. Where can they find? Where can people, if they don't even know, where can the kids? Where can the kids nowadays find you on the interwebs? Um, you have any idea? Just fucking just search up fucking Urban Waste. Yeah, just search at Urban Waste on the Facebook. It'll either be Johnny Waste. Uh, we don't. We don't. We have an Urban Waste uh, Facebook page that yeah. I check out. You know, we check out the comments in the inbox. So, yeah. Uh, we're on Instagram and we don't mess with Twitter too much. Yeah. What? Uh, what's what's your Instagram handle? Is 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 there an Urban Waste? Is there an it's Johnny Waste or Urban Waste? As, as a yellow and black uh, Urban Waste logo. That would be Urban Waste NYHC on Instagram. There we go. And there it is. I don't awesome. know. Do we have a Twitter? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. think we have a Twitter. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. We know tweets. Who who runs the Instagram page? That's just there. Is somebody supposed to run that? Yes, I was supposed <laughs> to run it. The last post was July 16, 2017. <laughs> you have nine posts. Motherfucker. Josh Waste. Somebody get on this, please. <laughs> All right? 
We are Urban Waste. You are Urban Waste. Awesome. Thank you very much for uh, inviting me to your home. Thank you, Jimmy. Thanks so for the cup of coffee. Me. That shit was good. Yeah, man. And, uh, yeah. We will, uh, we'll keep you tuned. We'll, we'll keep, you know, we'll keep you, in, you know, and uh, we'll keep you abreast on anything Urban Waste. Right, right. And, um, yeah. And when, uh, I'll, Give a I'll, shout out to everyone. Peace, love, hardcore, punk rock. All of it. Uh, yeah, and try not to be a dick to the next person. Love yourself. There you go. And you know what? I haven't done this in a while. Don't let anyone fuck with you. Right. I haven't, and I haven't done this in a while. But you can follow everywhere for the, you know, for the podcast and shit. I don't know what you're listening on, but it's iTunes and SoundCloud and Podbean and Castbox and all that shit at the Brooklyn Blast Furnace. Instagram is Blast Furnace Productions and Twitter is Blast Furnace NYC. I haven't done that in like fucking 20 episodes. But uh, follow and rate, review. If you go to iTunes and you rate it and review it, it helps me out. It puts me up in rankings and shit so it's more visible. So more people can fucking hear this. You know what I mean? So everybody has their phone in their pocket. You're listening probably on your phone. Just go to iTunes and fucking just write a quick little review. Hey, cool podcast. The guy's Brooklyn accent is annoying after a while. Anything. Put something like that. But make sure it's a five-star review and it'll help me out. All right? I put a lot of time Support to support. Exactly. I mean, that's all. You're getting this shit for free. We appreciate the support. Yes. Absolutely. We hope you appreciate the content. Exactly. (laughs) So with that, thanks again, Johnny. And uh, we're over here now. We're out. Out.